This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio, wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Well, here we go. A new week of the Black and Blue Report. It starts on a Tuesday, thanks to the holiday. Greetings, everyone, from Studio B at the headquarters of the Saints and the Pelicans. I'm Sean Kelly. We are so thrilled to be with you here on this Tuesday because it also means that uh, we are here for game week. Finally, finally, the NFL season kicks off Thursday night. The Saints, of course, kick off against the Arizona Cardinals on Sunday afternoon out in Glendale, Arizona. And uh, with that, today we will begin our conversation about the Saints and the Cardinals. We'll do so with Darren Urban from azcardinals.com. He'll be a featured guest for you today on the Black and Blue Report. And uh, fantasy football, also our focus, as it will be just about every Tuesday during the NFL season. We welcome back uh, Jake Seeley this year from rotoexperts.com. That ongoing conversation between Daniel and uh, Jake is pretty good. Um, And I should probably pay more attention to it because... Over the weekend, um, I was working at the fire department, and a bunch of the guys decided to do a fantasy league this weekend. Or I guess they planned on it before, but they had their draft on Sunday. And so I was working on Sunday, and one of the guys uh, asked for my help, which I thought was brave on his part, to tell you the truth. But um, he doesn't really follow, but he wanted to be a part of the fantasy league there at the firehouse and whatnot. So um, I actually went through a fantasy draft, even though I'm not playing in a fantasy league this year. And that was kind of a nerve-wracking experience, to tell you the truth, especially because I didn't prepare for a fantasy draft like I think most of you all are doing or have already done now. I would think that it's all done at this point. Maybe some of you are still doing your draft here in the next night or two. Um, If it's tonight, you're in good shape because you've got Jake Seeley on today. So, um, you know, I didn't realize all the nuances of all these different fantasy leagues, too, like – one league, you get a point anytime somebody touches the ball. It's like a PPR league, I guess that is. Well, this league was not, which I thought was good. And um, certain point values for this, and you got to pick a defensive unit. Um, but then you got to be careful because, well, here was the situation: the, the starting lineup was like a quarterback, a tight end, two running backs, a couple of receivers, a kicker, and a defense. Oh, and then a defensive player. That was this, this particular league that I was helping with. And then, you know, they were warning me, um, make sure you don't pick a bunch of guys who have the same bye week. And so then I got to thinking, well, if let's say I pick, let's say I pick the Buffalo Bills defense, which is a very good one. Well, if their bye week is week eight, does that mean that on my bench I have to have another defensive team or do I waive somebody on my bench that week to bring in a defensive team, it was crazy. Um, I'm glad that I just had fun, helped with the draft, and put my fantasy to bed for the for the year. But look, this is a huge deal, and so we're glad to have Jake Seeley back. There's my little Labor Day fantasy football uh, experience. But uh, Daniel over here in Studio B says his draft is tonight. So two drafts at the same time, you are out of control. You're out of control. No wonder he scheduled Jake Seeley, or better yet, no wonder he scheduled his draft for the evening after the the Jake Seeley interview. Well, well done, Daniel. Well done. Uh, Pelicans players are trickling in, by the way. Uh, we're getting very close to training camp. Now that we've turned past Labor Day, uh, that usually, for me, 
at least signals the start of getting my act together with regard to training camp for basketball and talking with Daniel about what we're going to do on the Pelicans radio network. Um, I think we're going to have an announcement about the radio network coming up here fairly soon. Um, so that's good news, and we'll effort to hear from some of those guys coming back into town as this week progresses and then certainly into next. Um, so today, though, uh, Jake Seeley from rotoexperts.com. I said that again with a big smile on my face because I think a lot of you are wanting to hear his latest. Not only just because, well, even if you've had your draft, you got to set your lineup in the next 24 hours, basically, especially if you've got Thursday night players involved. So... Uh, that would be the Patriots and Steelers, I guess, yes, on Thursday night. Uh, anyway, and then I do want to learn more about the Cardinals. I think this is a very intriguing matchup this weekend and not an easy one for the New Orleans Saints as they head out to the desert. They're going to leave on Friday night, by the way, um, get acclimated, and then have the Sunday afternoon game. So Darren Urban in just a moment from azcardinals.com. Don't want to miss out on any of the action? Get connected with your New Orleans Pelicans 24-7, 365. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for exclusive prizes and giveaways. Plus, get texts with all the latest breaking news right on your phone with Pelican Mobile Alerts. Visit pelicans.com for information on these great features. Plus, sign up for Pelicans Insider with weekly updates from the Pelicans. Join the conversation today. The Pelican schedule has just been released and 12 game plans are now on sale. 12 game packages, including the ever popular weekend plan, allow you to take in a couple of games a month throughout the season for as low as $199. Don't miss your chance to see NBA All-Star Anthony Davis and your Pelicans take on the biggest names in the NBA, including LeBron James, Steph Curry, Kobe Bryant, and more. Visit pelicans.com or call 525-HOOP and score your seats today. Power outages turn your world upside down. You need to know when your power will come back on, and you want to know what happened. The fastest way to stay informed? Entergy text alerts. You'll get prompt updates on when your power will be restored and on what happened. You can even send a text to be sure your outage is being repaired. When the power is out, what's faster than calling? Texting. Sign up today at EntergyText.com. That's the power of people. Entergy. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. We're going to begin our conversation in earnest about this weekend's game between the Saints and the Arizona Cardinals here on uh, this uh, Tuesday. And uh, kind enough to join us is Darren Urban. He's been with us before. Darren's the senior manager and writer for azcardinals.com. Welcome in, Darren, and Happy New Year to you, sir. I appreciate you having me. 11-5 11-5 and five last year. Arizona has high expectations, as they should. Um, are the Cardinals ready to go for week one? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think they're as ready as any team would be going into the first week. I mean, obviously there's a couple of guys that are banged up that uh, they wish they were going to have in the lineup this weekend, but that's kind of how this all plays out usually. Uh, somebody or a couple somebodies are not there. Uh, when the first game rolls around because that's the nature of training camp in the preseason. But I, I think, yeah, I think this team is uh, in a good place. Uh, I think they got a lot of expectations going into this season. Uh, and the fact that they're starting at home, I think, means something to them. It also probably means something that Carson Palmer is ready to go with, they hope, for a full slate. How much of a difference will that make? Well, obviously, when you have your number one quarterback, I mean, you can only imagine if, if, if you guys didn't have Breeze all mm-hmm. of a sudden. 
for 10 or 16 games what it would mean to your team. And then that's what this team went through last year. Uh, you know, they, he got hurt. He blew out his knee. Uh, he was in a situation where uh, there were some questions, perhaps, given his age of how quickly he could come back. Uh, and it turns out that, you know, not only did he come back, but he came back with uh, perhaps better than he was when he first got hurt. Uh, and that's kind of an amazing situation in itself. But the rehab and uh, strengthening his arm because he had hurt his shoulder before he hurt his knee, uh, that's stronger than it was. His knee's in good shape. Uh, his confidence level is sky high because he's been in this offense for three years. Uh, and, and I think they feel really good about where they are with Carson Palmer. Darren, if there was one positive from Carson missing time last year, was it the fact that his teammates or the organization really truly now feels his value with regard to their success? I don't know who said it over the weekend, but I think somebody was quoted as saying that Carson Palmer is really 50% of our team, and we have to do everything in our power to make sure that he's protected. Um, did that did that mindset exist prior to the injuries, or has it only come about since they had to do without him? No, I mean, I, I think they got a pretty good idea of it the year before. You know, in 2013, uh, you know, a lot of people like to talk about Palmer and, and getting hurt, but in 2013, he took every snap for this team. Uh, and it was a slow start because he was still learning Arian's offense, and this, this entire group was learning Arian's offense. So it was a little bumpy for those, that first half of the 2013 season. But I think by the time he got to the end of 2013, they realized what they had and what they needed. Uh, and, and it's like anything else in the league. I mean, uh, there are teams that are still searching out their top quarterback, and, and you could argue the – the percentages, but I would think that at this point, if you have that guy that can win games and, and win double digits and, in theory, take you deep in, in the playoffs, and, and there's, there's a handful of teams that are like that, uh, whether it's the Saints or the Packers or the Steelers or, you know, the Patriots, I mean, you're talking a quarterback is, I would think, at least 50% of what you're talking about because of the way that the league is built now. And I, I think they understood that with Carson. They understood they were in a bad position. Uh, they wanted to tread water when he hurt his shoulder last year. They did that with Drew Stanton, and they were doing okay, and then he came back and they continued to win. Uh, but they just couldn't overcome the fact that he, when he went down for good and you knew he wasn't coming back, they just they couldn't overcome that. And, and like I said, most teams wouldn't be able to with their starting quarterback. Without a doubt. Let's talk about his offensive line. Darren, what is the current state of the Cardinals' offensive line? Well, they've, they've, they've had some upheaval. Uh, Mike Potty, who's supposed to be their starting uh, left guard, had had to have knee surgery, and so he's not going to play this weekend. Or at least that's what Bruce Arian said, and so that's that's an issue. Ted Larson is filling in there, and Ted Larson played there uh, quite a bit last season, so it's not like they don't have experience. But you would rather have the guy you signed to a, a large contract going into the season, um, and then at right tackle, Bobby Massey, who was supposed to be their starter has been suspended the first two games. Uh, and they haven't officially named their starter yet, but they're thinking it's probably going to be Earl Watford, uh, a converted guard who's actually played pretty good in preseason. Uh, and we'll kind of see how that plays out. So I don't think their offensive line is exactly where they wanted it to be, um, but it's definitely in a spot where they feel like it's, it's better than it has been in the past. Jonathan Cooper playing right guard. Uh, they still have Jared Bilbier left, uh, left tackle. Uh, there's still some questions of who's going to start at center. But, uh, you know, even with the question marks, they feel like they're in a better place than they had. 
As far as weapons go, uh, Darren, who's headlining outside of Carson Palmer right now for Arizona? And maybe this is based on whether it's uh, past experience or what they've shown you all in training camp. Well, um, I, I think at the receiver position, I think John Brown, who was a rookie last year, continues to show why he's probably headed towards a uh, possible start, I'm assuming, that Carson Palmer stays healthy. I mean, I think that's the hope right now. Uh, and, and, and if that happens, uh, I think everything else kind of falls in place. Larry Fitzgerald had a very good training camp, but we're definitely to the position where he's not quite the guy that they used to have uh, in terms of, of superstar receiver. They're, they just don't use him that way anymore. Uh, but he played very well, and they feel like he can do some stuff. And, and Michael Floyd is injured right now with his hand, but they've got some other guys that can uh, stretch the field. J.J. Nelson's a rookie. He's probably not ready to have a, a giant role yet, but he can definitely – <laughs> run down the field and sprint past <laughs> any cornerback probably out there. So he's a guy that teams have to be wary of. And then in the backfield, I think right now, they, they're going to try and use three different running backs. they got Andre Ellington, who's falling healthy. And he's showing a lot, both as, a, as an outside runner and as a receiver. They've got the veteran Chris Johnson, who flashed a little bit in the last preseason game, and they're hoping he can throw some, uh, some contributions into there. And and then David Johnson, a third-round rookie who is a bigger back than those two guys, might be able to get some inside yards. And like Ellington, is a very good receiver. And I think that's the big thing when you talk about with uh, Bruce Arians. He really likes using the running backs as receivers because of matchup problems that it can give to the defense. And we're not just talking about swing passes out of the deep, out of the backfield, but actually splitting those guys out and making a linebacker cover them. That they like those kinds of matchups. Great breakdown there. Darren Urban with us here from azcardinals.com. Uh, characterize the strengths of the Cardinals' defense, Darren, if you wouldn't mind. Well, I think right now there's no question that their strength is in the secondary. Um, they don't have a lot of corners. They only kept three cornerbacks on the roster uh, because they didn't like who their fourth guys were. But they have five NFL-quality safeties, including Tyron Matthew, who can play slot cornerback and – there are definitely going to be times when they actually have four safeties on the field at once, um, both playing because of, of Matthew's ability to play the slot and because of strong safety, Jalen Buchanan's ability to be almost like a, 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 an inside linebacker. They basically play him in an inside linebacker spot uh, in the nickel formation. So they, they are very strong in the back end with Patrick Peterson at cornerback still. Um, they're kind of a work in progress up front. I think they have a lot of solid bodies. Clayus Campbell is one of the best 3-4 defensive ends in the league. There's no question um, and deserved to make the Pro Bowl that he did last year. Beyond that, there's just a lot of guys, but they're so much deeper than they were on the defensive line in terms of being able to rotate guys in and out. And that was their big thing is they wanted to be able to get enough guys that they could keep everybody fresh on the defensive line. And I think they've accomplished that with some steady bodies. Um, their linebacking core, there are definitely questions. They don't have some dynamic pass rusher. The pass, rusher is going to, the pass rusher is going to come probably from blitzing, which is what Todd Bold used to do as defensive coordinator. He obviously left to go to the Jets. They have a new defensive coordinator, James Betcher, who um, does a lot of the, has a lot of the same principles, it seems like, as Bold did. And, and so they'll bring the heat uh, a lot of times. But they've got a lot of young guys. Um, it'll be interesting to see how this defense performs, especially against somebody like Drew Brees. Um, but, again, I think they still have a lot of confidence 
and playing at a high level, even though Bowles isn't here anymore. Aside from the normal uh, keys for any football team on any given Sunday, what will be unique, you think, in this matchup between the Cardinals and the Saints this weekend? Well, I think what we were just talking about is a, is a big deal. Um, you know, I, I wonder a little bit uh, how much uh, pass rush the Saints are going to be able to provide at this point. Um, I think, personally, it looks from afar that they're still kind of searching for that kind of stuff. So, all of a sudden, that kind of opens things up for a, uh, an offensive coordinator slash head coach and Bruce Arians play caller that likes to attack through the air. And then, obviously, everybody knows about Drew Brees and his ability to throw the ball and the Saints' ability to be relatively wide open. And, and again, I think a lot of people are waiting to see when it counts while their first-team defenses look very good in the preseason, what, matters, what, what it looks like when it counts against a quarterback like Drew Brees uh, from the Cardinals. So to me, you know, what kind of pressure can each side get on the other team's quarterback and, and can it be enough to, to force turnovers and, and change this game? Well, good stuff. I can't wait. I know you're ready for some real football, as, a, as I'm sure everybody across the Valley of the Sun is as well. So uh, we'll be uh, we'll be anxious to get to see you all this weekend. Well, I appreciate you having me. You bet. Darren Urban with us from azcardinals.com. Of course, uh, check out all the team websites right now across the NFL. They've really stepped up the last two years as a place for great content and uh, getting yourself ready for the game. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. At Smoothie King, we're so much more than just fruit in a blender. Because each and every Smoothie King smoothie is blended for a purpose. Whether you want to firm up for summer or last longer in the gym, make it one more mile or simply make it through the day, we have a smoothie just for that. If you're looking to purify your diet, hurry in and try our new Nutty Super Grain Vegan Smoothie. Made with almond milk, Sun Warrior Protein, Super Grains, and a peanut taste you'll go nutty for. Only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Daniel Sellerson. Well, we're only three days away from the NFL kicking off, and of course that means you got to set your fantasy lineups. And to help us, as always on Tuesdays, we welcome in Jake Seeley from RotoExperts.com as part of our Fantasy Focus presented by Xbox One. Jake, can you believe it? Only three days away, my friend. I know, it's finally here. It's fun to see people still trying to get those last-minute drafts in. The season's just, like you said, three days away. and it's, Yeah, get my team together real quick. Absolutely. I'm, I'm guilty of that. I have two drafts tonight at the same time. So, actually, some of this is going to help me um, as, long as, uh, as well as other people <laughs> as well. So, uh, Jake, just to help me out and uh, to help some other people out, the people that are still drafting today and tomorrow – in a standard league, who should you go with with the number one pick? I know some people get concerned with Le'Veon Bell being suspended for a couple of games. Is it worth still taking him with the number one pick, or do you have another option at number one? No, I've actually had another different option since about February, March, and I've okay. been out on this limb. But I think I feel like at least one other person might be with me, but 
I've been touting him all off season, and I'm out there with the CJ Anderson is my pick at number one, uh, standard and PPR. No matter what, I, I like Le'Veon Bell a little bit more in PPR, but standard. I love CJ Anderson just because not only what he did in the eight games and the nine games, including the playoffs last year. But we're talking about Gary Kubiak, who we know loves a bell cow running back. He ran Aaron Foster an average of around 330 times the two seasons he actually played 16 games. It's a running back next to Peyton Manning, which is why everybody got excited about Monte Ball last year. And Anderson's actually proved it. And there was a lot of people last year who covered the Broncos who said that Anderson was the most talented running back in that backfield last year. He just needed an opportunity. So I know a lot of people are scared because they're saying, well, the Broncos just change running backs every single season. But with the year that we're looking at and no real consensus for the number one, I'm going with C.J. Anderson. I really think he could have the best running back season of anybody. What about guys like Eddie Lacy or Adrian Peterson, number one? Are those viable options, too, if people aren't really as comfortable yet with C.J. Anderson? Yeah, and I'm not going to yell at you or say you're crazy to take them. I right. understand people wanting to go stay first, especially if you have number one pick. I think Adrian Peterson is going to have a terrific year. I don't. Think, I think he's one of the few players in the NFL that you don't have to worry about a layoff with that guy with his uh, drive and wanting to practice even when he's not playing. Eddie Lacy, I think there's tons of talent there. Obviously, the backers are probably going to run the ball a little bit more now that they don't have Jordy Nelson. So I like both of them. And if you still want to go Le'Veon Bell for the upside, if you can make it through those first two games, we saw the numbers he put together. So I'm okay with all of those. I'm just going to go Anderson. But like I said, I'm not going to yell at you and say you're crazy if you don't take them. I can see you yelling at me through my drafts tonight, so I'm going to be careful about who I pick with number one. Uh, let's talk about some late-round sleepers worth drafting. You know, when you get to the end of the draft, some people just kind of don't want to worry about it. They just want to get their picks in or fill a positional need. But who are some guys that maybe could be available late that are worth drafting just based on sleepers? I'm looking at a couple running backs, a couple wide receivers. The running backs are some ones that – one is overlooked, used to play for the Saints, Darren Sproles, and you look at that Philadelphia Eagles offense and how high octane they are. They're lining Sproles out at wide receiver. We don't know what they're really doing with any of the wide receivers after Jordan Matthews, to be sure, and to see his usage out there, you have to like him. Obviously more in a PPR league, but I think he has great value. And then two backups I really like are Cameron Artis Payne behind Jonathan Stewart because he's had issues staying on the field his entire career. And Josh Robinson, even though we've talked about, or a lot of people are saying he's questionable for week one, he's still extremely talented in his own right. And now the clear backup to Frank Gore with the moves that they made this offseason with Heron not being anymore. So I like both of those. And, of course, like I said, with Sproles at wide receiver, I think too many people are pissed off about Kendall Wright last year. Mm -hmm. they're, they're, they're mad that he wasn't the big breakout candidate that they wanted. So. I think that he's looking at a bounce-back season. Marcus Mariota is great over the middle of the field, and I think that Kendall Wright could have a real nice season. And then Devontae Parker, a very talented rookie, I think could put up numbers for Miami. And then the last one that I just don't understand how people aren't giving him more respect is Alan Hearns. He's a big play wide receiver, which was the knock on him, but now he's the number two because Marquise Lee isn't on the field and he's still not, he's still being overlooked. He's still going late, late in the draft and even undrafted. And I think he has tons of potential alongside Allen Robinson and Blake Bortles in the second season. I, I think Allen Hearns is going to be a big find for people this year. All right, good to know. What about some uh, people to stay away from when drafting? I know it's hard to predict bust when you know the season hasn't started, but who are some guys that you might want to stay away from when drafting? 
Well, and and not an outright bust as in these guys are going to be terrible, but as you said, predicting is it's basically the value you're paying for them. I just don't like the return value that you could possibly get. You're kind of paying the price that these guys have to meet their ceilings or not have any downfall whatsoever. And at running back, one of them is like Melvin Gordon. Uh, He's not going to be involved a lot on third downs and passing downs. That's Danny Woodhead's job. He's been a little shaky so far through the preseason trouble getting through the line, the, the holes on the offensive line is what I meant to say. So I think Melvin Gordon, for his price, is just going way too high. I'd be happy as a third running back for my team, but you're not going to get him there. The Patriots backfield, speaking of running backs, I don't really want anything to do with any of them. I know LeGarrette Blunt always scores a ton of touchdowns when he plays for the Patriots, but we don't know what's going on. We Look at the Jonas Gray situation. Mm-hmm. Everybody thought he was going to be involved, and then the Patriots let him go. You just never know what Bill Belichick and the Patriots are going to do. So I just don't want to deal with the headache of having those guys on my team. And that wide receiver, I already talked about the Eagles. Nelson Aguilar, a rookie that everybody loves, and I like his route-running talent. But at the same time, we don't know what kind of usage, what kind of consistency you're going to get from him. So week to week, I'm concerned about that. And then Marcus Wheaton is my other wide receiver for the Steelers because when Martavis Bryant comes back, he's going to supplant him as a number two option. So I think people are going to start – drafting Wheaton too high, even though he's not going to be the number two option for only but the first four weeks on that team. All right, that's good stuff, too. We're talking with Jake Seeley from RotoExperts.com, part of our Fantasy Focus presented by Xbox One. And uh, you mentioned some running back situations, especially the Patriots with Blunt, and you don't know how they're going to use them. But also there are some teams that have two running backs, running back by committee. Um, which teams should you try to get either both guys or avoid um, in total? How do you deal with a team that has a running back by committee or still has a running back competition going on? If it's by a committee, I don't like to own both of them only because you can't really play both because then if they have a bad week, now you got hit at two spots. Mm-hmm. And then if you have both, you're also trying to make the decision, okay, well, which one do I start this week? And you try to play the matchups. This is a smart way to play any type of fantasy game. But at the same time, you're going to lead to those situations where you're going to see a big score on your bench and just get frustrated because you picked the wrong guy one week, even though the matchup said otherwise. So two of the backfields where I would consider either of the options, because I think they have a lot of talent, is actually Arizona. I think Andre Ellington should have a bounce back year now that his foot's healthy. He dealt with that the entire year last year. But I also really like the rookie David Johnson because he's a terrific pass catcher, easily I'd say one of the top five to ten pass-catching running backs in the NFL right now, and he's a rookie. And I think that people are overlooking him because they think he's all too similar to Ellington. I think he'll have a lot of value in PPR leagues. And then the Lions. I know Joy Bell's been hurt, and a lot of people have concerns with him, but once he's back in 100%, the Lions keep going on record saying he's going to be the lead option. He was good last year. Amir Abdullah, I love his talent too. I think Amir Abdullah could have a terrific season two years ago. Reggie Bush and Joyke Bell were both top 20 running backs, so they can do it. So I, as those backfields, I'll take either one of them. But, again, I wouldn't want to own both if I could avoid it. And then besides the Patriots' backfield, I would say the Rams, only because I really like Trey Mason, but we just don't know when Todd Gurley is going to be on that field. And when he is, he should be the lead option. But maybe he's not. There's no guarantee there either. He is the most talented option, but we just don't know how the Rams are going to treat it. So I think that's going to be a real headache for people all year long. And then you could actually lose out and get the lesser value of the two running backs. Maybe Gurley doesn't even lead the team the entire year. 
and then the Giants, uh, because that's another back. They're turning into the Patriots. They, mm-hmm. they brought in Shane Vereen, and they said, hey, we're going to be the Patriots. We're not going to tell you if we're going to use Rashad Jennings or Andre Williams or Shane Vereen this week. So I just think it's going to be a week-to-week headache in that backfield now, just like the Patriots were in years past. With Terrence West from Cleveland being traded to the Titans, is Isaiah Crowell the guy in Cleveland now? I think so. I've always been a big Crowell fan. I think that he's got a clear shake on it now. Uh, I do think Duke Johnson's worth watching, though, especially in PPR league. Uh, I think he's got comparable talent, a little bit better in the passing game than Crowell. And depending on what the Browns do, I think that could actually be a very similar situation to the Lions, where Crowell is Joy Bell and Duke Johnson's Amir Abdullah. So I, I would be interested in both of them, but I do think Crowell, at least for the first week and first couple of weeks of the season, has some RB2 upside there. All right, last question before I let you go. Let's focus on the Saints a little bit who face the Arizona Cardinals on Sunday afternoon. Uh, besides the obvious ones like uh, Drew Brees, Brandon Cooks, um, which Saints are worth playing this week, and what are some maybe you want to avoid using your lineup? Yeah, and uh, Mark Ingram's obvious one right. of those you must own and play, too. Uh, I think as long as C.J. Spiller's on the field, you have to play him, even in standard leagues, uh, just because of the upside of any pass catching running back with the Saints, as we've seen in your past. I talked about Sproles earlier. If you saw what Sproles did, even in a standard league when he was with there, he's putting up the yards, he's getting a couple touchdowns, that's fantasy points, even if it's standard and not PPR. So I think if Spiller's out there and playing, he's a must-own and must-start, uh, at least as your flex running back in PPR leagues. He's an RB2. I think people are riding off Colston way too quickly. I know that he's not in his prime anymore, but with all the changes on the team, they need Colston. He's a red zone threat from them. He's still going to be a red zone threat. He's still their number two option. Uh, similar to Reggie Wayne of years past, before you know the very last year of his career, people just kept wanting to write him off, and he just kept putting up numbers. I think that's what Colston's going to do. Uh, after that, I'm, I'm going to stay. I'm not staying away because I don't like them, but I'm going to wait to see what the Saints are really going to do. Like Brandon Coleman, I like his talent. Uh, he needs some refinement at the NFL level, but we don't know how much he's going to be used out of the gate uh, just because they didn't get to see a lot of them in the preseason, and there's still questions there. And the same thing goes for the tight end position. There's a lot of upside with Josh Hill, but Ben Watson's still around, and he's still getting usage. If it's 50-50 between the two of them the entire game, it's going to be hard pinning on which one's going to get the production. And if one of them gets the touchdown, that might be looking nice, but which one's going to get the touchdown? So. With Coleman and the tight ends, I'm probably waiting a few weeks to see things, how things shake out, at least probably till week three, before I'm super confident in starting any of those guys. Great advice. That's Jake Seeley from RotoExperts.com, part of our Fantasy Focus, presented by Xbox One. Jake, always appreciate it. We'll talk to you next Tuesday, and enjoy the games this week. Can't believe it's finally here. You, yeah, you too. Good luck with your final two drafts tonight. Thanks, Jake. Last year, over 400,000 people from 90 countries and all 50 states came to Auctioner to find the critical care they needed. People who could have gone anywhere made Auctioner their destination for a level of expertise, clinical research, and treatment options they couldn't find anywhere else. Auctioner and our affiliated physicians are renowned for leading-edge cardiovascular care, cancer care, pediatric care, innovative treatment of neurological disorders, and more. Our outstanding transplant program has resulted in Auctioner leading the nation in successful liver transplants for years. 
And today, Auctioner is partnering with physicians and strong community hospitals throughout the Gulf South to bring access to the highest quality of care closer to home. Find the care you need today. Call 866-AUCTIONER for a same-day appointment. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. At Smoothie King, we're so much more than just fruit and a blender. Because each and every Smoothie King smoothie is blended for a purpose. Whether you want to make it one more mile or simply make it through the day, we have a smoothie just for that. Bring us your purpose and we'll blend it. Looking to purify your diet? Hurry in now and try our new Nutty Super Grain Vegan Smoothie. Made with almond milk, Sun Warrior Protein, Super Grains, and a peanut taste you'll go nutty for. Only at Smoothie King, proud supporter of the New Orleans Pelicans. Smoothies with a purpose. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Sean Kelly. Well, did you watch NBC last night? Did you did you watch your quarterback put himself out on the line there with uh, Bear Grylls? Um, it was very interesting, wasn't it? Obviously, that was taped back over the summer, but it aired last night. I saw a lot of uh, Twitter buzz about it, uh, good and bad, but I think at the end of the day, all great entertainment, that's for sure. And um, you may be, I don't know what time you're listening to our podcast today because that's no appointment radio. That's the beauty of it. But I will say this at the moment, Daniel Sallerson has an interview scheduled with Bear Grylls at 2.45 this Tuesday afternoon. Uh, Bear is in London, by the way, and uh, hopefully we'll get the connection across the uh, the big piece of water there. And uh, we'll have Bear Grylls for you on tomorrow's Black and Blue Report to talk about his experience with Drew Brees. I think that'll be fantastic. Uh, tomorrow's show also has Jen Hale. Uh, from the NFL on Fox. We'll talk about her fifth season. Wow, fifth season now as a sideline reporter for the big network and uh, what she's looking forward to with this upcoming season. She does not have the Saints this weekend, but she does have the Saints in weeks two and three. So we'll have her and feature her on tomorrow's Black and Blue Report as well. Thanks again to Darren Urban from azcardinals.com and for Jake Seeley as well on this Tuesday. Hope you all had a great Labor Day weekend. I know it was a little rough probably getting out the door this morning, but we're back into it. And I think the bounce in all of our steps around here is the fact that it's time for the regular season. And that, that, my friends, is worth celebrating on this Tuesday. Take care. Have a great rest of your day. And we'll see you right back here tomorrow in Studio B for the Black and Blue Report. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report.